Hey everyone, it's the Monty Man, and you are about to take part in the experience, the strength, and the hope of this episode of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show. Three, two, one, zero. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Come here for a minute. I want to talk to you. Bang your head against the wall. Brain needs an overhaul. When your heart is in pain, turn around, hit the ground. Time to lay your burden down. The views expressed on this broadcast of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show are those of the co-host and guest and do not necessarily reflect those of our affiliates. The topics and opinions on today's show should not Mm. be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice. Take 12 Radio is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. And now, here's your host, The Man, The Myth, The Legend, (laughs) The Monty Man. Yes, indeed. Ain't gonna lie to you. I wouldn't lie to you, baby. Not really. Mm-mm. Race is the name of the game. Turn around, hit the ground. Time to lay your burden down. Welcome to the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show. I am your host, of course, uh, the Monty Man. And we're broadcasting to you and for you uh, from the studios of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting on the outskirts of beautiful downtown Albany, Oregon. And I'm soloing it today. Uh, welcome to the show. The uh, The topic for this show is uh, recovery music and the solution. Recovery music, I'm writing this down, and the solution to make sure I get it right when I post this. Welcome to the show. Our email address is take12radio at comcast.net. That's T-A-K-E radio at comcast.net. Listen, you can comment on all of our shows uh, on all of your favorite uh, podcast platforms as well. And uh, we encourage you to do so. Uh, I am Overly Opinionated, a uh, 12-stepologist of sorts, I do not pretend to know it all uh, in any way, shape, or form, but I'm doing my best. I'm muddling through, and I welcome you to the show as well. Listen, next week, uh, we are bringing on uh, a very special guest who may very well end up being a new co-host. We'll see. We'll see if she uh, she enjoys being on our show. Uh, Margie W. from Albany, Oregon, will be joining us in the studio next week. Uh, along with uh, Marv R. and Dave Fleming, uh, Certified Alcohol and Drug Counselor Level 2. He will be here as well. The topic will be exploring how it works, and we'll be delving into a little bit of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous as well. Just to make absolutely certain that you understand, I do not speak for Alcoholics Anonymous 
or any particular 12-step program. I do not. In fact, I don't even claim membership in said programs. Uh, What I do do, though, is do my very best to share my experience, strength, and hope, what it was like, what was going on, uh, what it's like today um, through this broadcast. Now, we are entering our 16th year of broadcasting. We are the original, the world's oldest recovery talk and recovery music radio station uh, broadcasting today. And we are so honored to be able to bring you both recovery talk and recovery music. We're going to be listening to um, uh, some songs from two of my very favorite, all-time favorite recovery recording artists, Mr. Michael Purrington and his group, The Messengers, and Tony Morosi and his group, Self-Esteem. We're going to be listening to two songs from from each of those groups today. Um, But, of course, we need to uh, make sure that we complain about something, don't we? I mean, really? Stop right there. (laughs) It's time for the Monty Man. Yes, it is. Complain and whine, you're the Monty Man. Mm -hmm. And we know how you love to complain. Yes, I do. There's always something to whine about. Ah. As each week you drive us insane. (sighs) That's right, everybody. It's that time again for Monty Man's Weekly Weekly Wine. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the baby. All right. uh, We do like to whine about things that we have absolutely no control over. It's part of venting. It's important to be able to to, uh, vent. And what a better platform to vent than uh, with you, our listeners. So I... um, I'm becoming less and less impressed with fast food. Uh, I suppose that's probably a good thing, right? Processed food isn't the greatest thing for you in the world. In fact, it's uh, proving to be pretty harmful. Um, But on occasion, I will um, honor uh, a fast food drive-thru with my presence. And in this case, it was Taco Bell. Now, Years ago, I worked for Taco Bell in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, I managed a couple of the Taco Bell restaurants. This was back when things were still pretty simple. Um, We were required, I mean, we were required to do sweep and mop every 15 minutes. The place was spotless. Um, Our orders were, were, I would have to say, 98% correct, uh, if not more. And PepsiCo, the mother company at the time, was very adamant about us getting our orders right. Now, since then, I've noticed a trend in the Taco Bell industry, and that is just about just about every Taco Bell I've ever been at over the years is – well, they've got one thing that they're very consistent about, is that is they can't get your order right. Uh, I don't know if that's how they train their people or what they're doing, but it's kind of weird. Um, But even weirder than that, and this is what I have to whine about on my Powerless Weekly Wine, is I was at our local Taco Bell here in Albany, Oregon, the one that is over on um, near McDonald's, across from McDonald's over there on um, uh, uh, Pacific Boulevard, for those of you that know where that is, Um, going on the way out of town like you're going to go towards Tangent. And I've had more difficulty with this Taco Bell than any other. Uh, I, I, For the life of me, it's the insanity definition, right? 
practicing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results for the life of me. I don't know why I go back the few times I even do um, because they never get my order right. And uh, so that's kind of my own fault. But here's the thing. This is Taco Bell, right? This is the home of the American version of tacos and burritos, basically. And one of the beautiful things about Taco Bell, uh, to their credit, is that they are able to make a lot of money by making different food items made out of pretty much exactly the same thing, just wrapped in different packages. Uh, Very smart concept. Um, One of their main items is the beef burrito. You would think, right, that a beef burrito, a burrito made out of beef, would be a staple at Taco Bell. But no longer. Uh, I ordered a beef burrito, and I was informed that they no longer have beef burritos on the menu. And they don't sell them anymore, unless, of course, you want to pay extra. Now, it was explained to me that uh, if I custom order a beef burrito, it's going to have much less beef in it than the original beef burrito. So I would have to order almost three times as much beef in my beef burrito to get the beef burrito that I had gotten in the past, if they're going to make it at all. And uh, so there you go. I'm I'm not sure I understand the concept of taking a beef burrito off the menu of the American version of Mexican food out of Taco Bell. It just, somebody explain that to me. If you've had the same experience, I'd sure like to hear about it. Um, The other thing was once again, Red Robin is in the take 12 recovery radio news. Uh, A good friend of mine and a colleague uh, whose name is Adam R um, blessed me by taking me out to lunch at our local Red Robin here in Albany, Oregon, which I have complained about uh, before at length because of their filthy floors. Basically, it's just a dirty restaurant. Um, But far be it for me to turn away a free meal, even at an establishment like that. And my friend Adam took took me to lunch there. Uh, And I I looked at the floor, and once again, there was food all over the floor. uh, But okay, that's that's their mo, but here's something very interesting. He asked them if he could order the the bottomless fries. Now the the fries that he wanted, I think, were garlic, and they were a dollar ninety nine. Um, the Parmesan fries. Are, there's a couple other kinds of fries they have. Each one of them are the same price, a dollar ninety nine. And uh, he asked if if he ordered like the garlic fries. And then when he wanted a refill of fries, could he order the like the Parmesan fries? Same price, exact same price, bottomless fries. And she checked the waitress, who was very nice, by the way, checked with her manager, and the answer came back, no, we're not able to do that. Now, the thing that's interesting to me is when I grew up in the food service industry, uh, we were always taught you're able to do whatever the customer requests of you to do within reason. I don't think it's outside of the realm of reason if the price is exactly the same and it's just a matter of filling your basket with the different version of the same french fry i don't i don't get it dollar 99 for each kind of fry 
and you just want to change the type. So if somebody explained that one to me, um, I don't understand. So there you go. Now, I must say, however, that uh, I do, though I do have no problem of throwing a uh, eating establishment under the bus when they goof up, I also am very much in favor of praising an eating establishment when they do well. And last night, my wife and I were privileged to attend um, our staff Christmas dinner for Adult and Teen Challenge uh, here here in the Pacific Northwest, um, our shed center, our men's center. Um, our, our executive director, Troy, and his wife uh, put the bill for this wonderful dinner we had at the old spaghetti factory in Corvallis, Oregon. And may I just say, it was excellent. We had a garlic shrimp uh, appetizer that was superb. The food was really, really done well, really good. So congratulations. Very clean. The The wait staff was uh, extremely efficient. Uh, it was just a lot of fun. We just had a great time. So good for you, Old Spaghetti Factory in Corvallis, Oregon. Well, there, there it goes. There's my weekly wine and a little bit of a weekly win at the same time. Uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, uh, I'm going to introduce this topic Recovery music and the solution. So you don't want to go away. I'll be right back. Check this out. Turn around, hit the ground, time to lay your burden down. Hey, check it out. The best in recovery talk and positive music radio is now available on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, YouTube, and Podomatic. Simply visit any of these platforms and search for Take 12 Recovery Radio. Listen and download hundreds of our shows for fun and for free. Also available at Take12Radio.com. You and I know all too well how talented folks in recovery are. KHLT Broadcasting, the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show, and the Recovery Broadcasting Network are handing you the opportunity to share some of that talent. If you've ever written your own songs and have always wanted to share them publicly, here's the chance to share your talent with thousands of people all over the world through Internet radio. For the next several months, the Monty Man will be reviewing songs written and performed by people in recovery. Whether you're an accomplished musician or a novice, he wants to hear from you. All forms of music will be considered. Adhering to federal copyright laws and possible contractual agreements, some restrictions may apply. To submit your original recovery songs for airplay, send CDs to KHLT, P.O. Box 93, Albany, Oregon, 97321. Or email your music in MP3 format to Take12Radio at Comcast.net. This is Tony Morosi from the recovery band Self-Esteem, and we're listening to the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show with the Monty Man on KHLT Broadcasting. Welcome back to the show, my friends. This is Take 12 Recovery Radio coming to you from the studios of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting in Albany, Oregon. I'm your host, the Monty Man. And uh, may I just say thank you to all of you, each and every sponsor and contributor to our shows uh, over the years as we enter into our 16th year of broadcasting. It has been an absolute privilege uh, for uh, us to be able to be welcomed 
uh, onto your mobile devices, into your homes, your automobiles, uh, your laptops, uh, et cetera, computers. Um, we consider it an absolute privilege. And uh, it is amazing to me um, what what God has um, called us to do. He always supplies. And one of the ways he supplies uh, us with the things that are required to to bring you a quality broadcast uh, of this quality is to have people come alongside of us who are able to financially contribute to this broadcast. Um, these microphones we use, by the way, are extremely expensive. Um, the, the equipment that we have is extremely expensive because we did not want to spare any expense when it came to sound quality for our shows. And the reason we've been able to do that is because some of you have stepped up to the plate and have donated quite a bit over the years. And uh, we, we have some very, very wonderful sponsors. Uh, and I have to tell you that I, I really appreciate more than you know, more than I can express your contributions. One such person is our friend Patrick LeBeau. Now, Patrick lives, uh, I believe, in in the East Coast area of the country. And he has stepped up to the plate on several occasions and donated quite a healthy amount of, of money to be able to help us continue to broadcast. He doesn't want a whole lot of recognition. He doesn't want any recognition, really. I, I, I need to make this statement, though, and mention him because uh, you got to give credit where credit's due. And um, Patrick has just uh, been an incredibly... Uh, a credible blessing to us. Uh, so Patrick, uh, I know that you're listening. Thank you so much, my brother. It, uh, well, it, it, it has just been something that I cannot adequately express, uh, my gratitude and the gratitude of the team here at KHLT recovery broadcasting and take 12 radio. Thank you for your support. Roger McDermott, uh, another contributor, uh, over the years. Also, uh, he is one of our volunteer staff members, he is our Southern California representative. Um, Donald Roberts, uh, a gentleman that I know, have known for years uh, from up in Sweet Home. Marco Ronzi um, from Arizona. And um, Descending Dove Ministries uh, as well. Uh, and many others. I, I, could, I could go on and on. Listen, if you'd like to see a list of the names of our contributors over the years, there are many. If you visit us at Take12Radio.com on your internet dial uh, and click on our partners link at the top of the page, you can, you can see um, all the names of everyone that has contributed. Um, Kurt and Debbie Palmer, uh, every month they send us a check. Uh, it, it's just... It's overwhelming to us. Uh, when we trust God and love people, uh, how God supplies the need that he has called us to fill. The topic this week is uh, recovery music and the solution. So I want to talk a little bit about the solution before we share some recovery music with you. A reading from uh, the second chapter in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous entitled, entitled There is a Solution. Uh, this comes from the third edition. Uh, it says, we of Alcoholics Anonymous know thousands of men and women who were once just as hopeless as Bill. Now, this is in reference to Bill W., the co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous. Now, in the previous chapter, 
entitled Bill's Story, Bill shares and explains uh, to the reader his story of experience, strength, and hope, and how hopeless he was, and how it was perceived by him that there was no way out of this alcoholic dilemma. Uh, he is visited by his very good friend and former drinking buddy, uh, Ebby Thatcher, who visits Bill in his kitchen and talks to Bill literally about his conversion experience to Christianity. Bill doesn't really want to hear about that because he has some thwarted ideas about a relationship with this Christian God. Uh, that really is influenced a lot uh, by relatives in his past, uh, particularly his grandfather and uh, and his and his own father. Um, there's some bitterness there. There is some angst against uh, religiosity, if you will. But what Ebby is talking to Bill about in Bill's story isn't religiosity. What he's talking to him about is a relationship that um, Ebby was blessed with that came down from the Father of Lights. Um, and he talks about that relationship. And then later on in Bill's story, when Bill's having a problem with this, Ebby um, suggests to Bill that maybe he try his own conception of this God, the same God that he's talking about, but his own conception of him. You know, is he loving? Is he kind? Is he forgiving? Instead of this hammer-down God that maybe he was raised with and some of the experiences that he was having. And that is very appealing to Bill. And Bill talks about later on how he was wrong. He was wrong in in uh, in, in having the viewpoint uh, that he did. <coughs> Excuse me. That was encouraged uh, by other family members, and how it was important that that he came to realize that religious people were right after all. And he's not talking about religious people in the sense of the negative connotation of religious people. He's talking about people that practiced um, following the Christian principles laid out in the Bible and how they were right after all and that he needed to drop that attitude. Now, after that, the chapter There is a Solution uh, shows up in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and it refers to uh, thousands of men and women who were once just as hopeless as Bill. And then the next sentence is very interesting to me because there is um, this discussion that has been going on for probably as long as Alcoholics Anonymous has been in existence. Um, do we recover? Are, all, are we always in recovery? So rather than slicing and dicing that argument, I'd like to just stick to what the book says. Now, keep in mind that the people that meet on a regular basis in the basements of their churches or their meeting halls, etc., that is the fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous, in my opinion. And the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous is the textbook or the set of directions. This is the program the simple program outlined in this book of Alcoholics Anonymous. So there's a difference between the fellowship and the program, just like there's a difference between uh, uh, the Bible and people that attend church. 
And sometimes people that attend church don't represent the Bible too well, but we can't confuse one with the other. So in this case, it's the same thing. Uh, Sometimes we don't represent Alcoholics Anonymous very well uh, in in our um, uh, 12-step support meetings. Um, And lots of times we kind of sway away from what is in the literature, what is in the book. So I want to stick to what is in the book. It says nearly, now this is, this is referring to the thousands of men and women who were once just as hopeless as Bill W. Nearly all have recovered. They have solved the drink problem. Wow, that's a powerful statement. It doesn't say all have recovered. It does say nearly all have recovered. It doesn't say that they're continuing in recovery. It says they've recovered and that they have solved the drink problem. And then it goes on to say, we are average Americans. All sections of this country and many of its occupants are represented as well as many political, economic, social, and religious backgrounds. We are people who normally would not mix. Ain't that the truth? You can sit down at any 12-step support meeting and look around the room, and it won't take you very long to figure out there is a plethora of opinions about all sorts of outside issues. And, in fact, we're going to be playing a song by Michael Purrington and the Messengers entitled Outside Issues uh, here coming up in in a very few uh, minutes. Um, But you're going to find a diversity in people in any of your 12-step fellowships. One of the beautiful things... Uh, that I have witnessed is the unity that is very possible to obtain in a fellowship of people with so many differences. It's a great thing to experience. And uh, when that isn't happening, it's a sad thing. But more times than not, what I have found is that you do have unity and diversity within these fellowships. So after it says, we are people who normally would not mix, it says, but there exists among us a fellowship, a friendliness, and an understanding, which is incredibly wonderful. Now, that's not the kind of language you usually hear from people that are suffering, is it? I mean, what a positive affirmation. There exists among us a fellowship, a friendliness, and an understanding, which is Incredibly wonderful. We are like the passengers of a great liner the moment after rescue from shipwreck with camaraderie, joyousness, and democracy pervade the vessel from steerage to captain's table. So from the very lowly to the highest of esteemed, the playing field is level within these fellowships, or at least it's supposed to be. Then he goes on to say, unlike the feelings of the ship's passengers, however, our joy in escape from disaster does not subside as we go our individual ways. So this fellowship of the spirit that happens within uh, a fellowships like Alcoholics Anonymous doesn't stop at meeting level. This carries on. Many times uh, at dances and campouts and fundraisers and all sorts of events and into our daily living as uh, productive members of society. The feeling of having shared in a common peril is one element in the powerful cement which binds us. But that in itself 
would never have held us together as we are now joined. So what he's about to express is not just the problem, the the peril of alcoholism that joins us, but the solution. You have to remember that though we are bound together like, like many people never will be by a common peril, we are also bound together by a common solution. Then it goes on to say, the tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. Now, listen to that very closely. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree. It is not enough to simply recognize the solution the way out. We must go further. And then it says, and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. So we're doing it together. We're not the Lone Ranger. So we recognize there's a common solution. We work together, not against each other, right? And it says, we join in brotherly and harmonious action. The program laid out in the book Alcoholics Anonymous is a program of action. It is not resting on our laurels. It is not simply meeting attendance. Oh boy, I'm going to get it now, right? I am sorry, folks. Meeting makers who only make meetings and do not work a program of action are one of two people. They either are not true alcoholics, perhaps they're alcohol abusers, and all they need to do is attend a few meetings. Great. That's awesome. They are welcome in Alcoholics Anonymous in open meetings. I am glad that they are there. Thank God they're there. Um, So those who do not need a program of action may attend meetings and do well. I doubt they're alcoholic as the big book describes what alcoholism is. And you can find that in the chapter more about alcoholism as as well. Um, Or there are folks that are alcoholic. They are allergic to alcohol. They suffer from an obsession of the mind and an allergy of the body. And uh, they don't choose to do anything other than attend meetings. And they don't recover because they're dependent on meetings and not on the complete process of a program of action. Then it goes on to say, this is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. So it's talking about those who suffer from alcoholism, not alcohol abusers. That's who this is written for. It goes on to say, an illness of this sort, so there, let's let's dispel this idea that that it's not an illness according to Alcoholics Anonymous. According to conference approved literature from Alcoholics Anonymous, this is an illness. An illness of this sort and we have come to believe it is an illness involves those about us in a way no other human sickness can. If a person has cancer, all are sorry for him and no one is angry or hurt. But not so with the alcoholic illness. For with it there goes annihilation of all things worthwhile in life. It engulfs all whose lives touch the sufferers. It brings misunderstanding, 
fierce resentment, financial insecurity, disgusted friends and employers, warped lives of blameless children, sad wives and parents. Anyone can increase the list. And isn't that the case? I mean, quite frankly, my friends, doctors are sick and tired of us throwing up on their shoes and not paying our bills, right? So so the plight of the alcoholic, man, we get a lot of opinions thrown our way, don't we, about who we are. People don't like to look at this as an illness, people that, that haven't been where we've been. Why? Because this screams a whole lot louder than some of the other illnesses that are laid out uh, in the medical profession. So it goes on to say, we hope this volume will inform and comfort those who are or who may be uh, uh, affected. Not just the alcoholic, but people that are affected by alcoholism. Then it says there are many. Highly competent psychiatrists who have dealt with us have found it sometimes impossible to persuade an alcoholic to discuss his situation without reserve. Strangely enough, wives, parents, and intimate friends usually find us even more unapproachable than do the psychiatrist and the doctor. But, and this is great, the ex-problem drinker who has found this solution. So who's it talking about? The alcoholic who has found this solution, who is properly armed with facts about himself. Yes, can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. Until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. This paragraph is written in italics. It means pay attention to this. <coughs> Excuse me. And so I want to read this one more time. But the ex-problem drinker who has found this solution, who is properly armed with facts about himself, can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. Until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. Until what understanding is reached? Well, let's go back. The facts about himself and the common solution. Until that is reached, until the man or woman is convinced about the facts about their, their illness of alcoholism, and convinced that the solution is lined out in this book, little can be accomplished. That the man who is making the approach has had the same difficulty, that he obviously knows what he is talking about, that his whole department, uh, department excuse me, shouts at the new prospect that he is a man with a real answer, that he has no attitude or holier than thou, nothing whatever except the sincere desire to be helpful that there are no fees to pay, no axes to grind, no people to please, no lectures to be endured. These are the conditions we have found most effective. After such an approach, many take up their beds and walk again. What is this common solution this book is talking about? Well, in the shows to come in the new year, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about the 12 principles, the 12 suggestions. And may I just say, this program that is lined out in this book, commonly referred to, affectionately referred to as Alcoholics Anonymous book, the big book, is a program of action, but it's more than that. It is not, let me tell you what it's not, folks. 
it is not a book filled with a bunch of suggestions. It is a suggested program. It is a suggested program, not a program of suggestions. What am I saying? What I'm saying is it's an entire suggested one piece, the whole book, the entire instruction manual basic text of Alcoholics Anonymous in its entirety. That is the suggested program of recovery. It's not a book filled with a bunch of suggestions that you can cherry pick, take a little bit here, but not take that one there, because that's not how it's set up. It's set up to work as an entire program. There you go. That's part of the solution. What we just read in the chapter, there is a solution. I'm going to come back and read a little bit more for you. But first, I want to introduce you to uh, my friend, Mr. Michael Purrington. Um, This is a song he's entitled The Shrink and the Drunk. I think you're going to find this humorous, a lot of fun. And, uh, well, just check it out. Here's Michael Purrington and the Messengers. to see a counselor to cure my depression he looked me over and asked a few questions said the reason you find yourself in a funk ain't because you're depressed it's because you're a drunk $150 an hour I couldn't understand what he was talking about I said I can't be that easy to figure out What about my childhood drama And the Oedipus complex That get me fired and make me write bad checks I got issues The shrink looked at me, and I looked at the shrink. He said, okay, tell me how much you drink. I got kind of nervous and thought it over and tried to recall the last time I was sober. Uh, when I was nine. Then I said, well, I have a few after work Cause my wife is a nag and my boss is a jerk I drink martinis for lunch Yes, I confess But just three or four to deal with the stress I do scotch on the rocks Till I pass out at eight Couple shots in my coffee face the day to make it through the morning I carry a flask that I sip on to make the hours pass other than that I don't drink all that much and the shrink shook his head and said I've heard enough 
son, you're an alcoholic, he said, and you probably won't quit till you're locked up or dead. I can't help you with analysis till you admit you're powerless over this. I said, Doc, you got these degrees on the wall, but no PhD on alcohol. Where did you get this extreme point of view? And he smiled and said, I used to be just like you. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired of being a cheat, and a thief and a liar if you're willing to face it and ready to stop we'll leave here right now and I'll close up the shop and hit the meter down the block and I said what the heck I'm with you doc Don't know why I agreed to take that off, but I went to that meeting and I heard them all talk. Nowadays I'm working on my eight-step list, thanks to that psychiatrist. I haven't had a drink. In a long, long time, and you know what? That drink didn't charge me a dime. <laughs> Mr. Michael Burrington and the Messengers. I love that song, The Shrink and the Drunk. Uh, we've been talking about the chapter. Uh, we're just scratching the surface a little bit. Uh, the chapter, there's a solution in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, third edition. Um, and, and so before I read on here, I want to talk about this whole idea of meeting attendance only. Now, in the very beginning of a person's uh, recovery process in the fellowship, uh, in a 12-step fellowship uh, like Alcoholics Anonymous, is, of course, going to be, most of the time, walking through the door. And uh, that is very difficult. It's very challenging. It's very uh, humbling. Uh, we come to the rooms with a lot of shame much of the time. And uh, sometimes if we can even get to the parking lot, that's a big deal. And it's a process. But once we've walked through that door, once we've sat at the chair nearest the exit and have moved a little closer uh, to the center of the room, if you will, and have become, become part of the herd, uh, then perhaps it is time to look at maybe more than just meeting attendance. The Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous certainly uh, reflects that sentiment. And, uh, I, however, I, I want to express my concern for, for those, some uh, folks who are, well, they're some of my closest friends and they're not doing well. They seem to believe if they can just attend meetings, 
that's going to be enough. And if they are alcoholic, like I am alcoholic, where I suffer from the obsession of the mind when I'm stone cold sober and the allergy of the body when I put it in uh, alcohol into my system, uh, there is a very good possibility that simply attending meetings only is not going to be sufficient. Um, one of the things that is uh, we're taught in the chapter Working with Others out of the big book uh, states that remind the prospect, and by the way, the prospect would be the new man or woman, remind the prospect that their recovery is not dependent on people, but on their relationship with God. So my recovery isn't dependent on sitting in a meeting with my sponsor, with myself and three or four other people, or a room of 25 to 200 people drinking bad coffee and talking about our day. My recovery is dependent on building a relationship with my creator, God. That's what the big book says. Now, you can disagree with that, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with you disagreeing with that at all. But you cannot say that it doesn't say that. Look it up in uh, the chapter, Working with Others. It does say that. So what I'm going by is what the book actually says. So if I'm going to follow a book of directions, and by the way, they were referred to as directions. The steps were originally, not steps. If I'm going to do that, then I need, need to either do it in its entirety or not at all. Because half measures, as we know, avail us nothing. So going on with this chapter, um, it simply says here, uh, and there is a solution, we feel that elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. It's just a beginning. We talk a lot in um, our 12-step support meetings how this is about not drinking, or this is about not using, or this is about not whatever the malady is. Well, yeah, but according to the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, we feel that the elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. It's just the starting point. It's just scratching the surface. Now, um, as the director of education, the, as the education coordinator for uh, a residential program here in the Willamette Valley called Adult and Teen Challenge, one of the things that I commonly ask the, the men there is, why are you here? And the response I get most of the time is, well, I'm here because I want the consequences of my drinking and using to change. I want my family back. I want the pain to stop. And all understandable. I, I totally get it. But I truly believe that there's much more to it than just the elimination of one's drinking or using. And in this case, it's referring to drinking in the big book of AA. We feel that our elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. When the men come into Adult and Teen Challenge uh, to address their issues with uh, addictive use disorder, I truly believe that they're there for much more than simply abstinence. I also believe that for people that come into the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. I believe that the real reason that we're there 
is to learn how to become of maximum service to God and the people he puts in our lives. I think that's ultimately the bottom line. And of course, we can't do that effectively if we're drinking. So it's the beginning. It goes on to say, a much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes, occupation, and affairs. It's really interesting here. What he's done is he's referring to step 12. It talks about in step 12, practicing these principles. What are the principles? Steps 1 through 11. And then step 12, the 12th principle says, we practice these principles in all our affairs. And this is a reference to it. A much more important demonstration of our principles, the steps, lies before us in our respective homes, occupations, and affairs. All of us spend much of our spare time in the sort of effort which we are going to describe. A few are fortunate enough to be so situated that they can give nearly all their time to the work. If we keep on the way we are going, there is little doubt that much good will result, but the surface of the problem would hardly be scratched. Those of us who live in large cities are overcome by the reflection that close by, hundreds are dropping into oblivion every day. Many could recover, there's that word, recover. Many could recover, but it's conditional. Listen to what it says. If, if they had the opportunity we have enjoyed. What opportunity are they talking about? They're talking about this incredible fellowship that has risen up amongst them. It's talking about the directions in this book. It's talking about following the directions in this book. It's the whole pie, this opportunity. It then says, how then shall we present which has been been so freely given us? We have concluded to publish an anonymous volume, setting forth the problem as we see it. We shall bring to the task our combined experience and knowledge. This should suggest a useful program for anyone concerned with the drinking problem. What would suggest it? This book, this volume it's talking about. This is the useful program. Again, the program isn't the meetings. The program is not the fellowship. The program, the useful program, is what's laid out in this book for anyone concerned with a drinking problem. Of necessity, there will have to be discussion of matters medical, psychiatric, social, and religious. Now, here I want to be very careful, but I've I, I got to say this. Many times we <laughs> refer to these issues of medical, psych psychiatric, social, and religious as outside issues. They're not necessarily outside issues. According to the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, it says of necessity there will have to be discussion of matters medical, psychiatric, social, and religious. We have to. It's part of the whole human being. Therefore, I want to introduce you to this song by Mr. Michael Purrington and the Messengers, one of my very favorite songs of all times in the recovery and the world of recovery music. It is entitled 
outside issues. Here's Michael and the Messengers. That first time I went to a meeting, they said anything that ain't about drinking is an outside issue. Smoking blow, they shook their heads, said no, 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 that's an outside issue. Outside issue. That's an outside issue. Outside issue. Maybe it ain't in the group, but it ain't conference approved. Lost my job, I can't make my rent, they said. Sorry, son, unemployment is an outside issue. I love that. Mr. Michael Pernton and the Messenger's Outside Issue. Reading from There is a Solution, the chapter in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, it goes on to say, We are aware that these matters are, from their very nature, controversial. No doubt about that. Nothing would please us so much as to write a book which would contain no bias or contention or argument. We shall do our utmost to achieve that ideal. Most of us sense that real tolerance of other people's shortcomings and viewpoints and a respect for their opinions are attitudes which make us more useful to others. Remember, the real reason that we're here is to be a maximum service to God and the people he puts in our lives. And so we want to become more useful to others. Our very lives as ex-problem drinkers depend upon our constant thought of others and how we may help meet their needs. Wow. You may already have asked yourself why it is that all of us become so very ill from drinking. Doubtless, you are curious to discover how and why in the face of expert opinion to the contrary. We have recovered from a hopeless condition of mind and body. If you are an alcoholic who wants to get over it, you may already be asking, what do I have 
to do. And so, my friends, in the weeks to come, we're going to talk specifically about what you need to do. There is a set of instructions in this book. To date, the most effective treatment for alcoholism has not been attending fellowship gatherings. It's been following the directions that's in this book. By the way, they are biblically sound directions. So for those of you of the Christian faith who want to poo-poo the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, again, I'm not talking about the fellowship. I'm talking about the written literature. You need to check it again because it's very biblical in nature. In fact, much of the big book is quoted scripture. Probably didn't know that, did you? You bet. And in fact, the original meetings were originally going to be called the James Club after the book of James. So in conclusion, we're going to listen to two more songs uh, to close out with. And I just want to welcome you to be tuning into the shows coming up uh, because we're going to be bringing on uh, this next week uh, a Margie W. from Albany, Oregon. She's going to be our guest and possible future co-host. Uh, Marv will be here. Dave Fleming will be here and myself. Uh, Denver, uh, Denver Wolf, he is currently on sabbatical, taking some, uh, s- some much needed time off. He's been with us for, for quite a while. So, uh, our, his seat will be, uh, kept nice and cozy and warm for him when he returns. Uh, but until then, uh, we will be broadcasting as usual and we're going to be talking about how it works. What do you have to do? You have to do what works. We're going to be discussing how it works beginning next week on our show. So, in conclusion, these next two songs. These, this is by uh, uh, my good friend Tony Morosi and his band, Self-Esteem. This song is called Without the Booze. Here's Tony. Just when you think you have all your ducks in a row, life takes a spin. It happens again and again. It seems to me that when I take my will and let you go,
this life is all about Tell you this lately it's been the best times of our lives without the booze without the booze I've been living that's a fact without the booze I've been making my way back without the booze I've been learning day by day to let it go Stay out of my own way Stay out of my own way Stay out of my own way Tony Morosi and his band Self-Esteem and their song Without the Booze. I want to close out uh, this episode of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show with Self-Esteem's song entitled A Day in September. Now, this song is about 9-11. And uh, one of, the, one of the, the parallels I see about 9-11 is that for the alcoholic, uh, for the addict, for the person whose life has taken a turn and the tail is wagging the dog and not the other way around. Um, We have been attacked really by a a force that is fatal, if not addressed, just like 9-11. We, our country was under attack and many died that day and many suffered for years beyond that day. And many continue to die as a result of illnesses that occurred as a result of 9-11. It's a horrible thing. But there is recovery for 9-11. Uh, this country is an amazing country, regardless of what side of the fence you are on, red or blue. It is still an incredible country. And we survived some, some of the most horrific experiences that you can even think of. 9-11 is one of those. Well, the life of the alcoholic and the life of the addict can well be described as a 9-11. But we can rise from the ashes. And just as we have from 9-11, a day in September, your day in September may have come. There's good news. You can rise from those ashes You can recover from the devastation that has taken place in your life. But there is a certain set of principles. There's a certain set of directions that must be followed. And if you've tried everything else and you find it lacking, or you've scratched the surface of your 12-step fellowship and you find it lacking, you may consider that you need to look into the directions and follow them to the letter. If you do, you too can recover. So closing out the show, here's Tony Morosi and Self-Esteem with their uh, song, which is very poignant, uh, For the Alcoholic Who Still Suffers, A Day in September. Heaven knows why 
Things are painted black Heaven knows why We're under attack If I should die Before I wake I pray the Lord My soul to take Amongst all this confusion Somehow we're still strong No, it's not an illusion Where did we go wrong? It's a fight for our freedom Not a fight for revenge And we don't need a reason We just need this to end On September 11th For all the world to see Was the work of some madmen Still it's hard to believe What on earth were they thinking When they woke up that day And they made their decision That in my memory will stay Heading down that highway Up on that self-esteem in their song a day in september so here's my question for you my friends have you reached a day in september has your day in september has it hit have you reached your bottom i believe we can help raise people's bottoms so they don't have to crash so hard but perhaps you've reached yours and and you think just meeting attendance or just simply going to church or just hanging out with people in recovery is the solution. Well, it's a piece of the pie, yes. 
But the solution, the complete package of recovery, takes work. It takes action. Just like our country went into action, we dropped our issues of political and and we moved together in unity to rebuild our country from 9-11. What are you doing in action to rebuild your recovery? A good start is to walk through the doors, but that's just the beginning. Visit aa.org for a list of meetings in your area. Visit na.org for a list of Narcotics Anonymous meetings in your area. Or if you prefer a faith-based 12-step program, visit CelebrateRecovery.com and click on the meeting locator link. Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man, along with the Take 12 Recovery Radio family, welcoming you into just a couple of days before 2020. Get ready. It's going to be a heck of a year. We're wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. She's a super cat, super cat, she's super kitty, meow. Yeah, kitty, 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 meow. <laughs> <laughs>